Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, uh, well, we know we've skipped some weeks. We've had some stuff in the office that uh, couldn't be worked around and we needed to be there. And so we appreciate your patience and uh, we appreciate you sharing this with your friends or whoever may need it. Because at the end of the day, we're doing this to help people know that they're not alone. So today, um, I wanted to bring up, we uh, spoke at a marriage retreat for Central Christian Center over in Joplin, and my gosh, what a phenomenal event. Um, It was just really cool, because it's probably one of the first times I've been to a marriage retreat where it was real. There, There was... Yes, there was some application of what to do or how to change or what does this look like, but a lot of it was really just about people realizing they're not alone in problems in marriage or problems with kids or problems with... That's the thing is, problems are always going to be there. Now, what are you going to do with them? And having the hope that you've seen somebody survive it when there looks like no hope and only God can intervene and uh, just really um, change the situation. Jake, take it in a completely different direction. Um, I'd like to do a shout out for Chris Jones because they did a phenomenal job, him and Wendy, with their, not only their testimony, but putting this event together. Because I know that putting events together is not that easy when you have full-time jobs, you're doing other things, life is in the way. Um, So I definitely, um, it was great to hear from them. And the breakout sessions for the men was really great. Um, Just some real, real truth of what's going on. So, babe, you got anything? Um, Just that, you know, it's any retreat, any conference, any opportunity that you get to grow is such a blessing. And, um, you know, in the midst of what we're going through right now, we really didn't, in my mind, didn't have the time to take a break and go down and have a night away from life and reality. But what I also found out is we, one, we committed to, um, sharing at the conference on Friday night. And so, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things we didn't really have a choice, but yet it's such, we needed that break um, because we haven't had one um, for quite a while, just with remodeling a house, redoing a house, the business being short staffed. That's why we haven't done the podcast for a while. And just the busyness of life, it's it's nice to be able to just kind of take a, a pause And that's kind of what this was. It really wasn't a break. It was just a pause because it was one night. And we got to go and um, feed into the life of other people um, just by sharing our story. And it's not something that I love doing because it brings up the past and it brings up all the emotions and the hurt and the shame and the guilt that go with that. But this is what God's called us to do because by sharing our story, it makes other people realize that um, they're not alone and that a lot of people walk in the same shoes that we walked, but yet a lot of people don't share what they're going through because they're afraid of being judged or afraid of being um, 
you know, just what whatever the case may be. But um, by sharing our story, it, it helps people not feel alone. And, you know, we had a couple people for me, a couple ladies came up afterwards and just shared how they were going through some of the same struggles and that they really appreciated our testimony and realizing that they they aren't alone that you know marriage is hard um anybody that says it isn't is probably lying to you um it's just difficult you take like david always says you take two broken people and you put them together in a broken relationship and um you try to figure out how to do life and then you throw kids and work and all the other things that life throws at you and just you know what we really want the end of our message to be is that without God in the center of our marriage, we would not still be married. We would not be where we're at. We would not be able to have a testimony to share. Um, But through his mercy and his grace and his redemption power, um, we were able to recover from the disaster that we went through and we were able to recover and heal from what we you know, both experienced. And so just like David always says, at the end of the day, the real message behind our testimony is that um, God can do and restore all that is broken if you just trust him and walk with him. Well, and uh, you bring up some excellent points, babe, because the thing is, it's a choice. It's a choice what you do when things are really bad But really, when you start looking at life as well, they're all choices. How do you react? How do you handle it? What does it look like? Are you positive? Are you negative? There's a such a realm. And it seems like for me, whenever you kind of get down sometimes and you get to the point to where you think there's no way out, that's when Satan pounds the hardest. Because he knows you're on the verge of dropping off the cliff. You're on the verge of making a choice that um, is not a good choice. You you just feel trapped. And I guess that's kind of trapped and, and scared, fear. I think those are the two things that really just drive this situation to where, you know, you unless you have God in the middle and you're relying on him, um, good luck. Because I can tell you, odds are it won't work out well for you. Because the thing is, if you don't understand the grace that you've received by being saved and what God's already done in your life, I mean, you know, at men's deals, and I've said this before, um, with maybe even on here, the thing is, you know, I we have a son, he's eighteen, and you know if. If it was one of those things, I had to give up my son for your salvation or for you to have eternity or for you, I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm automatically in the no camp. And, you know, what God's already done, if you don't realize how much he has done for you, you know, I, that's a lot of the guys I work with are very negative or they get one thing and it's like, why doesn't God ever give me a break? Okay, quit your whining. Because you don't appreciate what he's already done for you. I mean, and that, that's kind of the thing that I get on the thing is, 
what has he already done today? I was talking to a friend. We went to a men's deal last night, um, a server's meeting, and um, he was telling me everything that was wrong and how it was all bad and how I said, so has anything good ever happened to you? Well, I can't think of anything. Well, by the end, 30 minutes later, he had a list of about 15 or 20 things. I, you know, and that's just life. We get into that, whether, whether you, whether you know it or not, you have a choice, whether you're negative or positive. It's, it's really where you want to go from here, how you want to live life. Um, that kind of leads me into the next thing that we're going to kind of talk about this morning, because you are now a Christian and now that you have accepted Christ and, um, and you are now, uh, sorry, I'm sidetracked. Blakely's in here. She's, she's our beautiful, beautiful granddaughter that's here this morning with us. So, um, but, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, I've accepted Christ. When's life going to get easier? I'll be honest with you. In our realm, life ain't got easier. And in fact, it may have got a little more chaotic at times or more pressure of um, what we've dealt with in the past or different pressures that we've never dealt with. And, you know, I guess that's the thing is, is as you really step back and think about it, nowhere in the Bible have I found, if you follow me, it will be easy. I will fix all your problems and make it so that you don't ever see them. Because the problem is we have free will. And with free will, we tend to make decisions and take control of things and tend to really try to want what we expect to be done. And when our expectations aren't met, then we're, we're pissed. Um, one guy I dealt with, he's like, God must hate me. He won't give me a break. Well, you're not realizing what God's already done for you and you don't appreciate what God's already done. And so it's kind of one of those things of where are you? Because I can tell you in our marriage, we've been going through this almost eight years. Um, we've had lighter seasons to where things just flowed, but I can also tell you we've had harder seasons and we're kind of in one of those right now with a whole bunch of things. But when you got God on your side, you can't lose. Now, it may not happen the way you wanted it to or in the time frame you wanted it to, but that doesn't mean that God isn't still working. So, I mean, at some point in time, where do you turn your trust to God? Whether it be marriage, whether it be day to day, whether it be your children, where... Where do you give up control and give it to God and let him do it? Because I can tell you, I'm horrible at it. I give it to him and I take it back. I give it to him. I take it back. I give it to him. I take it back. So it's kind of one of those things I'm learning through and I make mistakes and have to ask for forgiveness because I did take control over it. Well, and I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot. It's just that, um, you know, I think we are going through a phase right now. Like we're just in a, I'm just in a real funk and trying to figure out, 
you know, what I'm supposed to be doing, going through a really difficult study that is calling us to really check and see how we're living as a Christian. And, you know, I think we set up all these rules, for lack of a better word, for ourselves that, well, if you're a good Christian, you'll do this, you'll do this, you'll do this. And really the only rules that we need to be following are um, the rules that God sets up for us, and his rules are not burdensome, you know. Um, And I guess I'm just really trying to go through a stage of trying to really figure out who I am and then who I am in Christ because I think they're different, you know. The way that I have lived my life is choices that I've made and things that I've done, a lot of it based off of um, my ex- what I think other people expect of me. Um, ex- you know, especially David, if um, I do a lot of things based off of what people what I think people want me to do, because I'm a people pleaser, and I want to do what they want me to do. And I want to make them happy. And so trying to figure out where the line is of pleasing people and is pleasing people part of God's plan for me? And is that helping me mold and shape and to who he wants me to be? Um, So just kind of really trying to figure out what all that looks like. And I was reading this morning um, and it talks about how, you know, if we would just not act like children, but have the mind and the heart of a child. You know, they are innocent. They are pure. They're inquisitive. They want to know what's going on around them. They want to follow their mom or their dad. They want to be paid attention to by their mom or their dad. And just really trying to figure out what that even looks like is, you know, having fun. You know, I don't feel like we have a lot of fun we are always in the business mindset. We're always, no, that's not to say we don't go out and have fun, but we don't really look at, you know, just like our granddaughter swimming around in the pool. She doesn't care. She's no, there's no fear. She jumps in, she goes under, she swims like a fish, she splashes around. And just having that childlike playfulness, um, not caring what anybody thinks, not caring about, um, what someone might think about you, um, and just having that freedom to express yourself however you want to. Again, it's not acting like a child, but it's acting like a child in the sense of um, being free to have fun, being free to play and enjoy life rather than get caught up in all of the, well, I have to do this, and I have to do this, I have to get this done, I have to have this done, and abiding by all these expectations that you think people put on you instead of just really trying to enjoy life. Yeah, because, I mean, there's so many directions we can go with this, and Lord direct us, but, uh, you know, living in the law is no fun. And that's why Jesus come and died on the cross is, you know, to start a new covenant. And I, I that childlike covenant or joy or understanding, I mean, and Susan's exactly right. You know, Blakely has, she's four. She's never said, 
how does this swimsuit look on me? Should I go outside? Maybe I need this. Maybe she just has fun. And I, I think, you know, to a point, us as adults, we tend not to do that because of, well, what if, what will they think? What will, how will we get there? And, you know, she's, she's just loving the moment she's in. And, and I think that's where we get sidetracked as adults because we've already got the next six weeks planned, even though God says I didn't, don't worry about tomorrow. Um, but we kind of plan out everything and have what we think should be done and how it should be done there. And when it, again, when it doesn't happen, if a child's playing and it doesn't end up the way they are, some will throw a fit. I mean, there are children that will throw a fit. Also, some just bounce up and keep right on going and start again somewhere else. I mean, how do you have that childlike faith? But, and I think that begs the question is, how many times do we throw a fit when we don't get our way, when God says, no, I don't want you going in this direction. I want you going in this direction. And I've been known to throw a fit as God is my father saying he wants me to go one direction, but it's so natural for me to go the other direction. And that's the thing. A lot of times with kids, it's so natural for them to go in a direction that will harm them or that will hurt them. You know, let's go play in the street. Well, we know that that's not a good idea because there's cars coming. They don't even think about it. They just want to go and play. And so listening to, you know, our father in heaven, the reason that life is hard sometimes is because we just want to go our own way instead of listening to how he's directing us. And we're throwing a fit because he's trying to protect us. But we're throwing a fit because, well, we don't want it that way. We want to go this way. Um, and just realizing that when things don't necessarily go our way, it's because the Father's protecting us from something that he already knows about. Yeah, and that that is a huge, huge point because we assume that we know how it's going to end. And we know the perfect ending. When God's going, you have no clue. You you don't know what's at play and how many people are in play and what needs to be done and how we need to get there. All you know is that, well, I think that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And, and Susan's exactly right. Whenever there's something going on, um, and it may be the no fund road that God takes you down, or if you're in a season why are you in that season? If you're not asking, God, what are you trying to show me through this season? Then it's going to be a wasted season and you're going to get to go through it again. Um, because learning what's going on with you and owning who you are, thats that tends to be the biggest thing that I see um, people doing is they want to blame everybody else for every problem out there other than themselves. And most of the time, it's themselves that do it. Um, you know, we've we've talked in, in the past, but also secrets kill not only a marriage, but kill you personally. I mean, because the more secrets you have to keep, the more it ex it will explode on you at some point in time. And it doesn't matter what the secret is. Um, 
you know, you, you've got to find a way to vent that out, talk to somebody, um, share with them where you're at, because if you don't, then you're just trapped. And, um, I've got a younger kid that I'm dealing with that I, I said, secrets will kill you. No, I don't think so. I got a pretty good handle on it. And I said, well, give it another 25 years. And I'm, I can tell you I've lived it. It will come back and get you. And you know, life is messy, but you're not alone. And I guess that's kind of our, our real point of our testimony is not because it's huge fun. It brings up a lot of feelings that, um, that are, are still there that we don't like to deal with. It's, it's a wound that has healed, but is still sore when we really talk about, but then again, our way we see it is what's our choice. Either we can say nothing and you're in it alone. You're by yourself. You have no idea that God can actually help you through it or to share it with you. Because the thing is, once you figure out there's hope and the road to get there and a relationship with God, not going to church on Sunday, that's not what I'm talking about. Going to church is great, but if you don't have a relationship that, you know, the sheep know my voice. Well, do you know what God's voice sounds like? Some days, yeah, for me, it's very clear. Other days, I have absolutely no clue whose voice it is, whether it's mine or whether it's God's or whether it's, you know, Satan's. I, I really, you know, that's a struggle some days. Some days it's not. Some days it's, yes, I need to do this. I'm going to go do this. And and I think of just God sets up the right the right situation so that you are in the right place at the right time to say something. But I can look back and tell you there's been hundreds, if not thousands of times I had the chance and I didn't say it out of fear, out of what will they think? Oh my gosh, you know, I'm a bad person. I shouldn't have done it. Just the spin in your head gets out of control. For me, it does. Maybe you guys got it all figured out. And, uh, you know, if you've been through a bad spot in your marriage or in your life, share it. If God's done something miraculous, why would you not be telling everyone about it? Now, free warning, it won't be fun. It won't be always joyful. It will bring up memories. It will bring up guilt. It will bring up shame. It will bring up a whole bunch of stuff. But God's wanting to work you through that and set you free from that. It's not the point he wants you to just be miserable all the time, but he's wanting to set you free. But that's one thing that I've always said about the church. The older people always aggravated me because I didn't know they had any marriage problems until I started talking about them. They're like, Oh yeah, 15 years ago we went through that. Really? You could have helped me or at least gave me some advice or show me what God did in your marriage? That's the thing is, guys, it's not an easy road. Um, and if anybody tells you it is an easy road, they're lying to you. And it doesn't matter whether it's marriage, God, or anything else because at the end of the day, that's really what we're talking about. How happy are you going to be today? Because we tend to have a list of what God hasn't done for us that we tend to focus on more than what God's already done for us and that really we don't deserve anymore. 
Well, and I think too that, you know, it's so easy to focus on the negative and the hard things because they're just so apparent, like they're just so up in your face. So knowing that, and I was just sitting here thinking, you know, I know, and I have said, I don't know how many times, countless times that you have to stop and really focus on the positive and the blessings and the things that God has done. Okay, so I know that. I know that you have to make a conscious effort to look for the good and the positive. So why don't I do that more often? Instead of getting caught up in all the muck and the, you know, I think a lot of my, for me, when I get down the worst is because I'm just exhausted and I've just gone too long. And yesterday I was there. I was literally just overwhelmed by life and all the stuff that was going on in it. None of it was life-changing per se, but it was inconvenient. And you take an inconvenience and you pile it on top of another inconvenience and you pile it on up a top of another inconvenience. And then you're going 90 to nothing to please everybody and to get everything done that you think needs to be done and blah, 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 blah. You get overwhelmed. And I was just ex- literally physically exhausted. And so then I, my mind just takes me down this rabbit hole of you're not good enough. God, does God really love you? Um, all these things, just because for me, exhaustion is the point where I start spiraling out of control and making bad decisions. And so um, just making that conscious effort of recognizing it for what it is, which again, I didn't do that till just this morning, and realizing that the bad is always going to look bigger than the good. That doesn't necessarily mean that it is, it just looks bigger because it's so in your face. Whereas the good, we know we have to look for it. We know we have to be still and look for God's blessings. Um, it's kind of like, you know, most of the calls that we get that aren't, you know, hey, I need this done, I need that done. But most of the calls at the office that come in, if they're not asking for help, they're say- they've got something to gripe about. You know, that we've done something wrong or the bill's too much or he was only there 30 minutes, something negative. Very, very rarely do we get the positive calls of, hey, you guys did a great job or, hey, you know, you um, your tech was a rock star today or, or whatever the case may be. So it's kind of, you know, it's so much easier to point out the negative than it is the positive. And so one, I would encourage you that if something positive happens that somebody else does for you, be sure to let them know that it's a good thing. Um, because a lot of times most people don't hear what a good job that they, they've done. Um, and secondly, really just stopping and realizing the blessings, knowing that you have to look for them because the negatives are so much louder. I'll say it again. The negatives are so much louder than the positives that you have to stop and look for the positives. Well, and I'm proud of you because you've got to look at baby steps. And and that's one thing that you've got to focus on in God changing you is your baby steps. What's different? And with Susan, I'm going to point this out. She was exhausted yesterday, horrible day, just overwhelmed, all of this. 
and she knows this morning what caused it. In the past, she may string together a week of these days because she didn't know what caused it. And that's, you know, those are the baby steps that change your life because now God's showing you quicker what's going on so that you can change your focus because it's, that's the way life works. And that's the way God moves is it's not about the huge, he healed me, which is what everybody's looking for. Um, he allowed me to win the lottery, whatever your magic butt bean is. But it's the little things that you've got to really focus on because, I mean, it's one of those things I, in the past, before eight years ago, Susan would go down that rabbit hole and be there a while. And then she'd come out of it. And the thing is, we're talking less than 12 hours. She knows what it is, how it happened, and can change the projection of today. That's the cool part of focusing on the little things. It's still no fun. I mean, honestly, it's not fun and great, but knowing why and making changes um, will change today because that's the only thing you do is live in today and change today. And and yeah, definitely encouraging people. Um, you never know. God's going to put on your heart to text somebody, to call them or say something. That's again, what I'm telling you, those little nudges maybe all they need to hear today was, man, you did a great job. I really appreciate that. You don't know what is life-changing in someone's life until you walk in their shoes. And that's the thing that really we want to come and encourage you today, that there is a whole lot of positives out there if you choose to look at them. Um, if you choose not to, you can apply this to your spouse. Your spouse is always wrong, doesn't do anything right, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can apply it in any situation. Um, and that's the thing is, you know, if your job is horrible right now and you're with a bunch of non-Christians that are hateful, that are all of this, my question is, why does God have you there? Because there's a real opportunity, and I think, and I can tell you this thought just come to me, and I'm horrible at it, but it's the same way in our marriage. When things are bad, do I encourage her? It doesn't mean that, you know, I have to do this huge thing, some encouragement. And that's something that I didn't grow up with, so it's hard for me. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean I can't change. And... You know, it's one of those things that I just need to be more aware of it at the time, what's going on, and do a better job. Well, that's called life. So, we're wrapping up, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening and sharing this. Um, Blakely, you going to tell everybody bye on the podcast? Tell them in the microphone. Bye. <laughs> Have a great week. <laughs>